In today's episode, we're once again speaking to the amazing Amanda Holmes. Amanda is the CEO of Checked Homes International, a company that has assisted over 200,000 businesses to grow over the last 25 years. She is the daughter of the renowned sales expert Checked Homes, and she inherited the business at 24 years old of age after her father unexpectedly passed away. Amanda has doubled CHI's clients over the last two years in a row. And today she's going to talk to us about how to increase your productivity by 500%. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And I am so happy and super excited because we have the wonderful, the beautiful, the charming, the amazing Amanda Holmes again. Welcome, Amanda. Ah, oh, so glad to be here. Thank you, Amanda. And um, everybody has heard your intro again. Obviously, they, they know you from a Friday feature. But can you tell us once again, in your own words, what it is that you do? We help companies double their sales. <laughs> very, very simply, which is wonderful. I love that. And today uh, on that topic, we're talking about how to increase your productivity 500%, which is an amazing topic. So how would we do that? I mean, even when you mentioned that topic to me, I was scratching my head thinking, how do we do that, Amanda? So please talk us through. Yes. Well, it came from my father who got his big break working with Charlie Munger, business partners mm-hmm. of Warren Buffett at Berkshire Hathaway. So mm-hmm. he doubled the sales of nine different divisions for Charlie all within 12 to 15 months and several of them doubled multiple years consecutively. So a lot of growth, right? But he, he became drowned in time. He had no time for anything Mm. uh, because of all of this growth. And then he realized that when he asked to have a meeting with Charlie, uh, it would be structured. There was a lot of planning involved. And then he realized that billionaires have the same 24 hours in a day as everyone else. They're just a master at their time. So if there is mm-hmm. one skill set that you want to master in this next year, can it be time management? Can you be better at your time? Because as we teach, mastery isn't about doing 4,000 different things. It's about doing 12 things 4,000 times. So I'm going to break down for you the six steps it takes to increase your productivity by 500%. All it takes is 10 minutes at the beginning or end of a day. Mm -hmm. And then it just takes what we call pigheaded discipline and determination to continue to stick to the plan. Mm -hmm. And you'll see unreal results. Fantastic. So let's get started. I'm excited. Okay. So step number one, make sure you write this down for those that are listening, Mm -hmm. touch it once. So we waste on average a week's worth of vacation a year, re-reading information. How many times have you opened an email and gone, oh, I can't deal with that now. I'll deal with it later. And then you close it and then you open it again and you reread it all the time. We waste so much time. So when you touch it, touch it once. So if it's a long email, you reply back instantly saying, Hey, I'd like to reply to this, but this is too long. Give me time to think about it. Or let's schedule a call to to discuss it or bring this up in our weekly meeting. This is too much to read, whatever it may be, touch it and take action on it. 
Step number one. Mm -hmm. Step number two, list off your top six things that you need to get accomplished that day. So it's not about having a to-do list of all these things so you feel better because you're checking things off of it. You have to get very precise about what are your top six. Then step number three, which is fascinating, you want to allocate how much time you're going to give to each task. So let's say that I have to follow up with a contract for a client. I'll put in my day from, uh, I'll say maybe 30 minutes I'm going to spend on that contract. I'm going to spend an hour working on this deck. Uh, I'm going to spend two hours reaching out to prospective clients, right? So you're picking how much time it will take to do each task. The fourth step, which is critical, is actually putting it into your calendar. So Mm. from eight until 8.30, I'm going to work on the most important thing that I know I need to work on that day, right? Which is majority of the time, not email. I will tell you right now, the first thing of your day should not be email because it will derail all of your top six, right? What what do you have to get done versus what is everyone else telling you what you have to get done? Mm -hmm. So, right, so from eight to 8.30, I'm doing one thing that's very important from 8.30 to 9.30, I'm doing this other thing. And then you allocate time to be reactive. So Mm -hmm. your whole day is proactive and then you leave maybe an hour twice a day or a half an hour twice a day. And that time is to answer emails, to go on social media and see what's there and see if you can reply or repost, whatever. Social media is just a part of our world at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, can can you then, if your staff or, or uh, clients are trying to get a hold of you, you just let them know. I have two times during my day where I'm available for reactive um, emergencies. It's this time and this time, mm-hmm. right? Tell me then, right? So then we s- stick to that and then you will see you actually get done what you need to get done versus mm. what everyone else wants you to get done. So step number five is actually prioritizing. So I do this every day and I find that half the time I think that I'm going to get all of my six things done. I'll put them into each bracket and then realize the most important thing is actually not in my list in my schedule. So then I have to rearrange my whole day to make sure that I fit in what I need to get done. Cause how many of you, I'm sure you've had this experience where you write down a to-do list and then you don't actually do what's on the to-do list. Uh, right? Yeah. Multiple times. <laughs> And it stays there for days or weeks or however long. Mm. So this actually manages the expectation of a day. So you know what you'll get accomplished so that by the end of the day, you feel so much more gratified because you know, I got everything. Mm. Whereas if you're planning it, you also know, okay, this is, I need to rearrange all of this. I need to be smarter about my time. And then you start realizing trends of how you work. I can work really hard in the first three hours of the day, but then I need a very good break. So I'm going to schedule a whole hour and a half for lunch, for taking a walk, for doing some yoga, whatever it may be. So then I can go back in and do fantastic work for the next three, five, however many hours. So you get smarter about what you're getting done because you're perpetually tracking what you're getting done when you're getting it done. And the last step, step number six is, will it hurt me to throw this away? Mm. Because we, we retain 80% of um, information that we store will never get referred to again. Ah, okay. Now, if we stick to this, I can already see it because I've got light bulbs going in my head. If we stick to this, already we'll be a lot further along. And I've noticed something about, you know, reactive mode. And I think that's something where I need to do because my, even my immediate team members, they have too much access to you. So I have, I set myself a task. I need to do this and something else comes up. I need to do this and something else comes up or they mention it or some, they put a message through a messenger. You know, we have to do this. And what about this? And that needs to be done and whatever else. And I respond and that takes my attention away from my, my task at hand and I go away. 
And then it takes me time to get back into whatever it is I'm doing, but then I have to go and do something else, you know, probably pick up my kids or whatever. And so I feel like I'm always chasing the next, the task It's never, no task gets completed. Then I feel frustrated that I haven't completed anything that day. And that task, those tasks get moved to the next day and the cycle continues. I think this is an issue with some people that, um, and this is why overwhelm takes over and burnout happens. What I also find, and you tell me, you know, you know, you've, you've done really, really well, um, especially, you know, going back to our conversation on Friday, how um, did you deal with overwhelm? Because especially when you are, you know, coming into a company like your dad's with, you know, with 200 plus, um, you know, employees, how did you deal with overwhelm? Because there's so many things to do. And you just mentioned um, right within 24 hours, you were served with, with a legal notice. So how, you know, how did you deal with overwhelm? Like, oh, I've got this to do and that to do. Because I, I remember the, uh, one of the things that I currently still struggle with at times is because I've got, I now have multiple businesses. And then I have, I'm a full-time mother. I say a full-time mother and a part-time business owner. I always have gazillion things happen. And at times I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And there's no need for me because I haven't actually done any productive work. I've just been busy doing nothing. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I'll give you a couple of pieces on that. So first off, on average, we look at our phones 96 times in a day. Wow. And and a research study was done by University of Irvine, and they found that when you're deterred, when your attention is deterred, it takes 23 minutes on average to get back into focus. And in that 23 minutes, it's the equivalent of as if you had only slept four hours that night. So we're actually operating at a much lower mental capacity because of our inability to focus. So a huge part of this is what can we do to silence the noise, right? Like all of the little notifications that go off, how can we turn them off and only (laughs) turn them on for that reactive time? I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. Another thing with overwhelm, and I'll give you this example that one of my coaches gave me many years ago, and I always remember this. So for business owners, a lot of the time, they don't quantify their value. Now, mm-hmm. you being from a, a law background, I'm sure you're used to having an hourly wage, right? Yes, this yeah, is yeah, an hourly rate, here. Yeah. Yes. So majority of CEOs, you'll find that they spend so much time on things that are not in their pay grade, right? So, Mm. so if you said, okay, my hourly rate is actually $600 an hour or $500 an hour or $300 an hour. And then you look at your day and you look at all of the tasks that you're doing and you have to ask yourself, are these tasks something that a $500 an hour or a $400 an hour person should be doing? Or is this something that a $10 an hour person could be doing or a $25 an hour person could be doing because you're missing out on the opportunity cost if you're just operating, right? We just recently had a client that was licking stamps 15 hours every week. He was a business owner and he felt that he couldn't find anybody in Alabama. And we were able to show him that he could do it virtually and he could find somebody outside of his jurisdiction because a business owner should not be licking stamps 15 hours a a week. It's ridiculous, right? But every business owner has this, especially as you transition over and you're an entrepreneur where you're wearing every hat. 
-hmm. You have to start realizing that there's some things that are worth your time. And then there's other things that can free up your time. I'm a big fan of outsourcing and BAs Mm -hmm. and, you know, because we're so virtual today, especially post pandemic, uh, there's so much opportunity to put, I have a fantastic VA that has a master's in marketing and she's $6 an hour. Mm -hmm. And she does better than some of mine that are $300 an hour. (laughs) So really think, what is my hourly rate? What am I doing? We'll just list off your daily things that you're doing and see, is there somebody that I could put in here and I will make the money back because I'm focused on things that actually matter rather than this administrative duties or rather than, right? There's so many things that can take us away. I love that. I think this is something that is very important. I think, so, and I'm glad you said that. So I, when I, I left law about 10 years ago, and at that time, my hourly rate was, I think, 500. Obviously, I didn't get paid, then the firm did. But my, the, the hourly charge was five to 600 pounds an hour. And when I started working, uh, having my own business, especially when I went, when became a coach, I struggled because I was trying to match the same hourly rate. And I struggled with, you know, thinking that my, my value was around 500, especially just charging my clients. And I'm so glad you said that because that's just charging the clients, which had to, you know, mindset issues, which, which I had to overcome with the imposter syndrome coming left, right, center. But also, I'm so glad that this is the exact thing. Whenever I'm running a business, I had to take an inventory case. So I have um, these tasks to do. And uh, the very first one I did was from a home task. Like, okay, I don't like, I, uh, first of all, I don't like, I don't enjoy doing cleaning. I don't enjoy doing ironing. So all of this stuff, that is something like somebody, I can hire someone for 15 or 10, 20, 15, 20 pounds an hour. They can go and do it. First thing done. So that's all we've been taking care of. What else can I give away? This can be given away. That could be. So I did that in personal life and in my business. And that's when my actual business took off. Otherwise, I was drowning in overwhelm. I had kids' clothes coming out of my ears. I had, um, you know, my my other social media posts that were you know, waiting to be done. And I had these clients that I had to deal with. And I couldn't, I, I could, I was literally struggling and drowning in it. But this is I, this is what I did. I did it in Twitter. I didn't even think about it. I just thought, okay, you know what? In order for me to make my money, I need to pay someone to do all these mundane tasks. I can do it this way. And I, I, start, I started outsourcing and hiring people. But it's a mindset thing. I have people over at the moment who are, if they look at their hourly you know, rate, they must be on 40, 50 pounds at least, if, at least. Yet they wouldn't hire, um, you know, a cleaner to clean the house or something else because it's, it, you know, that's extravagance. How's that extravagance? If you can, if you, if you are, say, example, you're on fifty pound an hour and you pay, you pay cleaner fifteen pound an hour, you're making think that you're not spending fifteen, you're saving thirty five pounds. It's yes. a mindset thing. Yes. But and and you have more time to do more productive things, including having the time to spend with your child or children or family, whatever. Um, but this unfortunately, people don't understand the relevance or the importance of this. I think this is where the overwhelm comes. And so you know, include all these six steps, but also really evaluate the task you're doing. Should you be doing those? Absolutely. Business owners get lost in the fray. I mean, it's just, it's just a crazy, your hair's on fire. You think that you went into business because you'd have more time. Mm -hmm. You would have the leisure to be able to decide your schedule. You'd make more money. 80% of CEOs assets are tied up in a business. And how much is that going to staff or overhead? I think it's something around, uh, there was a study by a New York bank that said that 42% of businesses don't make a profit. So where are the CEOs getting paid? And 80% of CEOs work weekends. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure that they're not just 
not working during the week and only working through the weekends. They're working seven days a week. So we went in for one reason and now our company's running us instead of we're running the company. I think this is where time management is so important. And this, this is where the six steps you mentioned today are so relevant. We have to understand that we came in for a reason, otherwise we could have stayed in our jobs. I mean, I couldn't stay in my job. I hated law, by the way. I, you know, just to <laughs> let you know, I, I, I'm so, it was so wrong for me. I was good at it with it today, but now looking back in hindsight, I, you, couldn't pay, you couldn't pay me enough to go back into law. But generally, most people enjoy the professions, whatever they do. And, you know, they, they, they've, they've come, if they left the profession with five or 10 or 20 years experience, they want something else, which is better. With them. But most people, most entrepreneurs, and this is for those of you listening who can resonate with this, they trade the job for a self-employed job. They don't, they don't get become, come and become a CEO. They end up becoming employee for themselves. And then they work harder. They work weekends too. They used to have weekends off. Now they have week of the work weekends too, because they're unable to manage the time. And they get drowned in overwhelm. This was this is what I find leads to overwhelm. And I find that this culture nowadays, you know, and there's two people who come to my mind, and I love them both, by the way. I have the highest regard and respect for both of them. One of them is Elon Musk and the other one's Gary Vee. But if you look at their stories, like, you know, apparently Elon Musk works 120 hours a week and Gary Vee is like something like, you know, he works something similar and just, you know, hustle, 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 hustle. This idea of hustle, hustle, hustle has led to you know, this belief that unless you're, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you should be working 120 hours a week. Otherwise you don't deserve any success. And if that's, if you're not willing to do that, then you must just pack your bags and go home. You know, how much, how much do you believe in that philosophy at the moment? That belief system is a dying breed and Mm. we're going to see it dying because you look at the millennial whole generation. Mm. And I just saw this report. So I run a research firm, right? It's one Mm. of the things that we do. We find market data to help uh, companies tell their story with market data and sell their products using market data to logically bring them to the conclusion that they want to buy from you. So mm. uh, market data just flows out of my mouth perpetually. <laughs> but uh, one of the, so the most important thing to a millennial is that they can retire. The mm. second most important thing is that they want to have a home. And then the third is that they want to travel mm. and then it's get married and then it's have children for mm. the millennial generation. So if we look at that, if travel is one of the third highest expectations of a millennial, it, it's not going to be, I'm going to work 120 hours a week. Yeah, they're just, it can't. There's it, too many lifestyle entrepreneurs out there at this point. Yeah, it, it just won't work. It just wouldn't. But unfortunately, this, that's still the culture that we hold. And that's why I find with a lot of people when they go through burnout, I think that this is, um, you have to have realistic expectations of yourself or what you can, what you can, you can or you are capable of doing. But that doesn't mean you have to have low expectations of your success. You can have amazing success, but you need to have a reasonable understanding of what your body can take and how many hours you can work and what you can what you can achieve on your own. There is no such thing. I mean, I hate the term solopreneur. I just don't understand that. You know, how can you be an entrepreneur being a solopreneur? You just can't do it. You have to have team members, be it, you know, they may be outsourced and they may be, I mean, we have, in our team, we have someone working in India. We have someone working in in. Um, a couple of people working in the Philippines. We have someone working in Australia. We have some, somebody else working in the Middle East. We have, you know, people all over the place. And we have someone working, uh, one of our recent um, uh, team members says, you know, he's in South Africa somewhere. No, South America somewhere. Uh, you know, in Mexico, whatever. The point is they have, they're all over the place, but they are still team members. I'm not a solopreneur by any standard. And when someone congratulates me on the podcast, whatever, I give credit to all the other team members because they have pulled it together. All I've done is the recording, the editing, the, the, the marketing, everything else done by other people, other team members. 
So it's a it's a collective thing. This idea that I'm a solopreneur, I don't know where that came from and why do why do people adhere to it? I'm a solopreneur, I'm a solopreneur, or mompreneur, there's another one, which I really am against. You know, it's 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 an entrepreneur, but you bring people together and you work together and you have to find skill sets. And people, I mean, I asked me to edit my podcast and I wouldn't have a clue where to start. Um, I have an amazing uh, person, you know, in, in Australia who can do it. But this is where you have to see where your strengths are and find people who can, you know, fulfill the gaps where you know you don't have. And why do I have to get, gain the skill of editing? I don't need to. I can hire someone amazing to do it for me and achieve the same act of success, right? Yes. So 95% of businesses never make it to a million in annual sales. Of that, only 1.5% ever get to 5 million. Of that, 0.08% ever get to 10 million. And then of that, 0.004% ever get to 100 million and beyond. And it's really not about the product or service. Majority of the time, it's actually the skills it takes to grow a business. So if you know what you're great at, you focus on that and then you find ways to fill in those gaps, whether it be a strategic partner, whether it be somebody that working on commission, just give them a percentage of the pie and whatever they can bring in. Great. Right. We're famous for hiring salespeople on pure commo- commission. That's chapter five in Ultimate Sales Machine. So what can you do to leverage what you do best and then let everyone else do the rest? Awesome. And on that note, we'll wrap up. So thank you so much for being another amazing guest for us on Money Talkies, Amanda. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Tell us how can we connect to you and how can we find out more about you? Well, Ultimate Sales Machine is a great book, but I do have a gift. We we created a quiz on howtodoublesales.com, howtodoublesales.com, and it asks five questions to determine what's the biggest thing holding you back from doubling the size of your company in the next 12 months. You answer those five questions and it gives you a free training. So I highly recommend howtodoublesales.com. Wonderful. So if you listen to this podcast on on the podcast, rather, and um, we will have all the links that I meant to mention. Actually, we'll have her, her um, social media links there as well. Do, do go check that out in the show notes. And if you are list, if you're watching and listening to us on the YouTube, remember look in the in the description section, and you will have all the links for uh, what Amanda just mentioned. Do check out this quiz. I will too to see what you know to work out where you are and how you can double yourselves. But for today, thank you so much for being such an amazing guest, Amanda. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to me and Amanda. I will be back on another Money Talkie segment, speaking to another amazing guest, finding out some golden nuggets, finding out how you and I can build a better business and more, bring more abundance into our lives. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take in. Bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.